And I wouldn't want to test their patience by making them sit through my sermon. Just before I talk about the message today, John, happy birthday. Reached one of those big O birthdays today. Mmm, yes. <laughs> I'm sure people will find out afterwards what that, the numbers are. Mm. But anyway, this morning, I wonder how your patience is. Are you a person who finds it hard to wait? Do you get fidgety waiting? I tapped my foot. I don't know. I, yeah, I twiddled my ankle. Sometimes drum my fingers. I don't know what you do. That's true. It's a fact. People don't like to wait. Just think about it. You're not like me, though, eh? I get frustrated having to wait in lines at the checkout. And the one I pick is always the one that's going the slowest. And if I change, guess what? That shorter one goes even slower. What about if you're at the airport and your plane gets delayed and you've got to fill in that time until the next flight? Or if the same thing happens with a bus? But worst of all, being behind that slow car when there's nowhere to pass. I know you're not like me. I mutter, I say some things out loud that I shouldn't say, I get twitchy, I can start looking, yeah. But that's life, isn't it? We rush from one thing to the next. The tyranny of time, they call it. It all tests our patience. And sometimes it carries over into our spiritual lives when we rush our quiet time. Always sitting here saying, hurry up, preacher. I've got somewhere to go. Finish the message. Maybe we should just do what Psalm 46.10 says. Be still and know that I am God. We need to push that pause button and then wait on God. You know, God is patient. He's patient with you. He's patient with me. He's patient as he develops us, refines us, stretches us, grows us. Let's pray. Lord, this morning we ask that you open our ears, you open our minds, you open our hearts, you open our souls to your message. Lord, and let us feel your spirit quicken in us as you prompt us into action from the words that we hear. We ask that in your precious name. Amen. Now, Lucy began the topic on the journey to the cross. And my topic today is the good news of God's patience. So, you've got your Bible, your phone, whatever it is you use to look it up. Turn to Second Peter 3, verses 3 to 9.
So it's 2 Peter 3, verses 3 to 9. The version I'm reading from says, Most importantly, I want to remind you that in these last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, What happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command. And he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, he presents sends heavens and earth. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Now, Peter's warning that there would be scoffers in the last day. And when we look back on when Peter was speaking this, that time there were people mocking believers about the second coming of Christ. The corrupt teachers, they were denying this return of Jesus and, of course, a final judgment. Why they were doing this? Was so that they could justify their behaviour, which was immoral. Since he has yet to come, the sceptics would say, this in itself is evidence that there is no Christ and there is no second coming, and therefore there will be no judgment. And by saying this, they were trying to tempt people away with false teachings. If you put it in the context of the day, those Christians were living through the first wave of persecution during the reign of Nero, the emperor. He had fun things to do with Christians. Put them in the Colosseum with the lions and burn them, crucify them, do all sorts of nice things. Nasty, nasty man he was. But he liked doing that. And so the Christians had that to look forward to. And the question they were asking then was, so why does Jesus delay when it's obvious that things are so bad? Well, look at today. Similar things could be said. Evil's rampant still. There's racism, brokenness, pain, suffering, innocent people being oppressed, people denying Christ, justifying their bad behaviour. There's false teaching out there. People are following their own desires, looking for teachers to tell them what their itchy ears want to hear. Scripture. Second Timothy. We may say, ask the same question today. Why is it taking Jesus so long to return and write everything? 
But I want to pose something to you. The fact that Christ has not returned is in fact a display of God's patience. Think about that for a minute. Because he hasn't come back, it's actually God being patient. John Flavel, a Presbyterian clergyman from the 1600s, said, The long-suffering is an ability or power in God not only to delay the execution of his wrath for a long a time towards some, but to delay it in order to show grace in the salvation of others. Because God is long-suffering, and he will continue to be, and he is doing that so that everyone has the opportunity to come into a saving relationship with Christ. That is why he is patient. He is waiting for all. Because Romans 2, 4 says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? He's patient towards us. He's patient towards the world. And because he's patient, people still use that patience as a reason to mock, rebel, curse and justify their behaviour. In the scripture we just read before, Peter said, you, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is like a day. As Peter reminds us that the Lord is not bound by time, nor does he suffer from the limitations of time in the way that we do. God's got a different time clock. God doesn't delay because he's slow. It's because he's patient. Patient towards sinners and giving everyone a chance to repent. I know that a lot of you long for the return of Jesus. But God allows this time so that more people come to know him. More people have the opportunity. And yes, Jesus will return because scripture tells us so. And scripture is true. But there's still time. Time to repent. Because Jesus tells us that only God knows that time, the day, or that hour. The delay, as I've said, is God's patience. Ephesians 1, 7-10 Because he is rich in kindness and grace. He purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and he forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. And God has now revealed to us the, his mystery regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Time, the right time. And the right time comes when people have had the opportunity to repent, place their trust in Christ, and have chosen whether to do so or not. On the cross, 
Jesus took the full weight of our divine judgment for our sins. And for those who believe and those who trust in him, the punishment for those sins has been removed. Listen to this in Romans. Romans 3. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. God doesn't want anyone to perish or die. He wants all to be saved, but he doesn't force anyone to make the choice to be saved. Because he gave everybody freedom of choice right back at the beginning of creation. And that freedom gives us the choice to accept God or not. And he's mercifully created more time for people to repent and turn to him. Because in our reading today, Peter assures us that the Lord isn't really slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. The Lord is impatient because we deserve it. The Lord is patient because that is who he is. And because he is patient, many have the opportunity to come to know him. Think about Paul in the Gospels. Paul reminded us that he was the worst of sinners but was shown mercy. In 1 Timothy 1.15 he says, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. We can humbly say the same thing. We were sinners. Jesus came into the world to save us. Like John, in the Gospel of John, we can say that we are not even worthy to untie the straps of his sandals. We need to humble ourselves before him and give thanks for what he has done for us. And that's what Easter reminds us about. That he came and he sacrificed himself for us. But it's not the end because God is patient and God is waiting. Waiting for more to come to know him. And Paul goes on in 1 Timothy and he says, But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. 
Paul holds up his life as an example of what God can do when we believe in him. He took a zealous Pharisee, a persecutor and murderer of Christians, and made him an apostle and a missionary. We should be able to say the same thing that Paul said. Look at my life as an example of God's patience. Look at what he's doing with me and use that as our story when we speak to other people. Because God is motivated by his love for us. and That is why he is patient. God waited for you to come to know him. He's waiting for others to do so. But he doesn't want us to sit around and just bask in the glory of knowing him. He wants us to share it. He wants us to take advantage of his patience. He wants us to take advantage of the delay in him returning. He wants us to live out our days bearing witness of Jesus in our lives and being about his business. Remember the Great Commission? When Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. We've been commissioned to be about his business. Now, hypothetically, if you knew Jesus was going to return on March the 31st, what would you do? Would you keep it to yourself? Or would there be some people that you'd want to go out and tell about it? People that you want to be in eternity with you. People that you know need to be aware of Jesus. What would you do between then and now? You've got friends that don't know Jesus. You've got loved ones who don't know Jesus. Tell them. Pray for them. Love them. Get alongside them. And share God's love with them. As well as waiting. Waiting for the return of Jesus. It's been said, and I stole this from a sermon last weekend that we listened to in, in, at another town, that we are not in a lifeboat huddled all together, but that we are in a rescue boat racing out to save as many people as we can. Are you going to join me in that rescue boat or are you going to sit huddled in a lifeboat and just wait? I like the visual image of the, of the rescue boat speeding out there through the storm, speeding out there to rescue these people and bringing them back to safety, the safety of our Lord Jesus. His love for us should compel us to share his love with other people because he wants everyone, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every people to come to know him. And what leads people to repent? It's his goodness, his love, 
his mercy, his patience. They all bring people back to him. Patience of God cares about people, not things, because people matter. Yaha te mea nui o te ao, e tangata, e tangata, e tangata. What is the most important thing in the world? It's the people. It's the people. It's the people. He loves you. What he offers is salvation. Praise the Lord. Romans 9 continues and says, Even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he is very patient with those on whom his anger falls, who are destined for destruction. He does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy. God perseveres with us. He perseveres with those who don't know him yet. He doesn't give up. We can see it throughout scriptures. That's what the value of the, one of the values of the scriptures are. He is patient. He chooses to persevere with us. He gently calls himself, calls us back to himself. He has the capacity to force our hand. You know that, don't you? He can make you, but he chooses not to. He waits patiently for us to choose the way. But there is a warning. God is not patient forever. His patience is qualified with an until. God is long-suffering, but only for as long as he allows it. And then his patience gives way to wrath and vengeance. Acts 3 tells us, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshments will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must reign in heaven, and this is it, until the time for the final restoration of all things as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Because our God is patient. When we look towards Easter, we remember God is patient with you because he loves you and he sent Jesus to die in your place so that your sins could be washed away even when we didn't deserve it. God's patience is characteristic of his nature and that holds back his wrath, but it will not last forever. Haggai 2 Verses 6 and 7 says, For this is what the Lord of heaven's armies say, In just a little while I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and that all the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. And I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The day of the Lord is coming. He has not sent Jesus back yet because it is not time. But he doesn't want anyone to be left out of the kingdom. God wants nothing more than to see you and others 
in heaven. If you're sitting here this morning and you don't know him, come and see us. We'll talk to you more about him. If you haven't already done so, you can take Jesus into your life today. Come and see me. See one of the elders after the service and we'll talk to you about it. But don't leave it too late because we don't know what hour or day Jesus will return. Could be the next moment. You don't know, I don't know, only God knows. But remember, the good news is our God is patient with us, patient with me, patient with you. That's our God. Let's pray. Lord, we know that everything comes according to your timetable. Therefore, we wait. We wait in peace, knowing that your will will come to pass. You are patient with all mankind. You are patient so that none would perish. And when we look at our mission, Lord, our mission is to show you to the world. And Lord, you give us many opportunities. And Lord, but you also gave us choice. We can choose to do so or we can choose not to. We can stay in the lifeboat or we can jump on board the rescue boat and we can be about your business. Lord, we thank you for the peace that comes from you. The peace that transcends all understanding. Lord, the peace that being in your presence can bring. Lord, we thank you that our hearts and minds can focus on you when we spend time at your feet. Lord, give us the opportunities each day. Lord, let us spend more time with you each day. Lord, let us develop our relationship with you each day. And Lord, then guide our steps. Thank you that you are patient with us. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your kindness for us. But above all, Lord, give us a heart and a mind to be like you, to pursue those who don't yet know you. Lord, let us be zealous with that mission. Thank you, Lord. We ask that you continue to be present with us in your precious name. Amen.